Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Hey there, welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm Beck. I'm your host. And if you listened to the intro, you will know that this podcast is all about being a designer, being a creative in business, particularly if you're a brand designer, a graphic designer or a web designer. But look, there is so much in here that would apply to really anyone in small business, I think. But it's particularly for you, my darling creatives. So today I have a question for you. And that is, how do you manage your workflow? And more importantly, how is that reflected in the money you then make a designer? Because that's where it's at. We're here to make money, obviously. (laughs) This is possibly one of the biggest challenges for designers, saying yes to everything and becoming inundated with work. It's a big problem. Juggling the admin and the deadlines and then... One minute you're overwhelmed and you're overburdened and then next minute you're staring at a blank schedule and wondering where the next project is coming from. So it's the ebb and flow or the feast and famine of workflow and how that then rolls into the sustainability of your business in terms of your happiness in your business, how buoyant and how good you feel in your business, not tired and exhausted by it and also then the revenue that you generate and it's it's a challenge for designers so I wanted to understand more about how others my peers work and manage their volume of work I know how I do it and I will share that in this podcast but if like me you're a little bit nosy or a lot in my case It's also quite interesting to know the state of play for others, for your peers. You know, if you're like me, you might often find yourself wondering, well, how do they do it? How is it working in their business? And you don't often get that insight into other people's way of doing things. So today I will be chatting about what the different approaches to workflow look like for the designers that I've asked how they manage projects through their business, what I think the pros and cons are of those, and what the foundations of an ideal scenario are and what that scenario could look like. So let's get started. I did a little Instagram story survey recently about how many projects the creatives in my community work on at any one time. And the results really intrigued me. They actually surprised me a little bit. 50%, give or take, of those who shared their insight with me said they worked on one project at a time. Dedicated laser focus. 30% said they juggled multiple projects at any one time. So four or more projects on the go at any one time. And then 20% said that they committed themselves to a steady two or three projects at a time. No more than that. So what's the sweet spot? Is there even a sweet spot? 
Well, when it comes to the ideal situation, it probably looks like what I refer to as the workflow diamond. So it's four sides of a perfect little gem of a scenario. And that is that you will have in your project workflow, variety, revenue, downtime and growth. So that for me is what makes up the sweet spot or what should be reflected when you hit that sweet spot of the number of projects you should have going through your workflow at any one time. So variety first, or maybe balance is a better way of looking at it. I can't speak for everyone, but they do say variety is the spice of life. And I think there is truth in that in some instances, not all. And having a few different styles of projects to work on at any one time can and I think does feed your creativity and keeps you interested. And that may be different for different people, but I think mm, I'm open to being convinced otherwise. But I do think for the majority of people, having more than one thing at any one time is going to be more stimulating. So I think variety is important. Revenue or revenue goals are also important. So an optimal scenario should mean that you achieve your revenue and your income goals each month or each quarter or certainly in the year. Then there's downtime and this is the space in between projects for you. I've talked about creative play and headspace before and this is it. If you have projects back to back with no room for family, friends or for you, it's probably not sustainable in the long term. And then finally, there's growth or time dedicated to growing your business. So I believe that your growth is proportionate to the energy that you put into growth actions in your business. And if you don't have time outside of your client work, then your growth will be impacted. If all of your time is invested in working on your client work, then that will have a knock-on effect on how quickly you grow in your business and by how much. So that's what we want. The perfect, the sweet spot takes in variety, revenue, downtime and growth. It allows for all of those things. So let's think about the pros and cons of our different scenarios based on that workflow diamond. So what the results of my survey were and what I think are the pros and cons of those different ways of working. So firstly, you've got the slow and steady focus, working on one project at a time. So there are pros in that, no doubt. You have lots of downtime and in theory, therefore, time to focus on growth. But in my opinion, there are a fair few cons. Sometimes the project expands to fill the time available. I think that happens very often. So the downtime that you have isn't as valuable perhaps as it could be because the time that was available maybe gets filled because you let the project expand or you let it overrun. You don't have the variety to stimulate your mind or your creativity and it may limit your revenue potential as well depending on your income aspirations and your pricing. It may not, but it may well do that. So I think the likelihood in this scenario is you might be feeling like you're busy, but also suspecting you're not as productive as you could be. 
and wondering how you're going to achieve your income goals. So you're busy because you've got this steady tick of a project and it's ongoing and you have space and time to be reactive to the client. But at the same time, maybe you feel a little niggle that you could be doing a bit more with your time. And in this scenario, you probably don't give too much thought to processes or systems or how efficient you're really being because you don't need to. So it's not an ideal scenario. The good news is, though, that in this scenario, there's lots of potential for growth. There's lots of room for expansion and improvement. Then the second scenario is the juggle struggle. (laughs) As many projects as come up at any one time is what you're working on, and that's four, five, or even more. And again, there are pros to that. There's a good chance that your revenue feels quite good, but it might also feel quite hard won. And you do have the variety, but you might be too burned out to appreciate that variety. You might be juggling so much that you don't really get time to stop and smell the roses, as it were. And then there are cons. Ultimately, it's probably not sustainable because it's exhausting, there's no time for growth, and potentially you're not doing your best work because you're constantly stretched. In this scenario, you might feel guilty when you're doing anything other than client work because you don't have time for it. You're constantly juggling and firefighting and maybe even feel like you're stretched and not giving the projects the time they deserve and the creative work the time it deserves or giving your client the best experience. You're working long hours and client work maybe is even eating into your evenings and into your weekends. It's constantly there. It's constantly overshadowing everything else that you do. You feel like, oh, I should be working. I should be finishing off that project. I should be responding to that email. So you never quite feel like you're on top of things or you're giving anything 100% or even close. So that's the juggle struggle. And then scenario three is maybe what I would call the sweet spot. So there is a sweet spot potentially. Ideally, three projects that are overlapping at any one time. And there are lots of pros to that. You have the basis to build solid revenue. So if you are able to manage that number of projects in your business at any one time, then if, even if you're not meeting your revenue goals, you have the solid foundations to do just that. It feels sustainable because if it's managed in the right way, it's manageable. And you can still enjoy and invest your energy in what you're doing, in the creative work, as well as in other things like your growth. The cons are, because there are always cons, really there's only one con, and that's you need to be disciplined and focus on your workflow, your client management and your efficiencies. But I would argue that's actually not really a con because when you do it, the outcomes are all positives. And this approach for those who are doing it or those who like the sound of it is what I call project layering. It's about having an optimal number of projects running concurrently And it does rely on a few key things to be the most effective. So it relies on great systems and automations. I've kind of touched on it. 
So to be efficient enough to be able to have a little bit of overlapping or layering in your business, you do need to have some good systems in place. But it doesn't need to be robotic or over the top. You do need to have clear boundaries and strong client management. If you let the clients run you and run the project, it will make it difficult to be productive and have sustainability when you've got projects overlapping. You need a good workflow management system. You need to be scheduling out your time really clearly in a visible way and you need to commit to doing the work when it's scheduled. So you need to have those professional commitments and do the work when it needs to be done. It requires you to control scope creep in particular and also control your own perhaps desire to over deliver, to overwork projects or allow the work to expand in the time unchecked. And finally, it does require appropriate value based pricing aka not undercharging or not being the cheap option. So to get project layering working well in your business, there are some things that you can focus on and things to work on, but they're all great things. They're all things that you will appreciate in the short term and the long term. So what I also want to do today is then look at the ideal project layering scenario. I will just say you will find a visual in the show notes on my website, which I think it will help to look at along with this bit that I'm about to talk through because it needs some visual stimulus. You need to be able to visualize this. So go and have a look at the show notes. You can go and find them on my website in this particular podcast episode. If an average project took one month, let's say an average brand development or design project, So one month or four weeks, and it's worth $3,000. Then based on a 40-week income year, your annual revenue will be $30,000. Now, first off, I should say the reason I say 40 weeks is because there will be sick time. You will want to take a holiday and you deserve a holiday. And there will be time when you're not working. There is downtime. But that also gives you fat for growth and working on your business because there are 52 weeks in the year. So that's kind of like 12 spares, if you like. In this scenario, your income is strenuously capped because you've limited yourself to one project. And if that project overruns, then your revenue is reduced further because it expands to fill more time. It's not four weeks anymore. It's five weeks or it's six weeks. So that scenario whilst we've talked about the pros it does have those cons now what I do know is that every project has downtime so while the client reviews work gets information together there will be pauses in the project client might be away on holiday they might have other commitments and they just can't get back to you so every project will have pauses in it And this is maybe the crux of project layering, because if you manage that downtime, those pauses to suit you, then you can confidently use that downtime to your advantage. And what that looks like is you scheduling the time you will be working on each project and what those pauses will look like. 
and you communicate that in a project timeline, aka what I've talked about, client management. Managing the client's expectations of when things will be happening, when they need to come back to you, and when they won't be getting anything. When even if they do give feedback, you won't react immediately. So expectation management. That way you take control of the downtime. It isn't this fluid, haphazard thing that's reliant on how you feel on the day or how quickly the client responds or any other factors. You work to the timeline and the space in between the on project time is defined and you can use that effectively. So with that mindful management in place, if you were then to extend the overall revenue period out by one week, so we said if you're working on one project and it takes four weeks, let's say that you were to expand that time frame out to five weeks and also add an additional project, well then good things start to happen. In practical terms, what you can then do is leverage the project downtime, the pauses in your single project to work on that second project. And it sounds so simple, doesn't it? In many ways, it is very simple, which is why I was surprised that 50% of the designers who shared their approach with me don't do it. So based on the same project value that we talked about, $3,000 a project, it's a made up figure, So you're not increasing your prices at all in this scenario. Your revenue, in theory, increases to 48,000. That's a 60% revenue increase. Because in five weeks, you've delivered two projects instead of delivering one project in four weeks. So you've only added one extra week, but the impact on your revenue is an increase of 60%. That's significant. I will just say, these numbers are arbitrary, of course. They're just made up to illustrate. This isn't based on what I think you should be charging per project or what I think your revenue should be a year. It's just numbers to help illustrate the point. And like I said, if you go and find that visual as well, that will really help support this, what I'm talking about. Now, this scenario in its baseline format does eat into your downtime and your growth time. Because instead of working on one project where you've got gaps in between, you're essentially filling those gaps that you had with your second project. But if that downtime was sporadic in scenario one anyway, and you didn't use it effectively, or you were being reactive to the client when they came back with feedback or had a request, then it was probably inefficient downtime anyway. So you're not losing the downtime necessarily, you're just using it more efficiently. But having said that, we do still want to retain space in your schedule. We don't want you to be in that back-to-back scenario. You also need to complement this particular approach, the overlapping of your two projects, by focusing on your systems and your productivity. All of the things I spoke about when it comes to making project layering effective. So if you improved your productivity by even 10%, you would still have half a day or a day each week to focus on your growth. And I would wager that maybe even if you're a one project business at the moment, you maybe don't dedicate that amount of time. 
because maybe you're not as efficient as you could be. Maybe the project's expanding to fill the time. Now then, here's the kicker. If you then add another week onto that revenue period, that project delivery time frame, you make it six a six-week cycle and you change nothing about your pricing still, but you adapt your workflow to allow you to work on three projects, you would increase your revenue to 60,000 a year. You've doubled your revenue from that 30K scenario to this 60K scenario. Again, this isn't just a fairy godmother solution. It does require efficiencies. But when those efficiencies are done right, when your business is systemized in the right way, it makes life easier, not harder. It's a good thing. So if you can improve your efficiency by 15 or 30%, and I don't mean improve your efficiency by necessarily just working harder. What I mean is bringing systems and automations into your business to support you. You still have four plus days in this scenario to dedicate to growth in your business in that six week period. And I know that for more than a handful of designers, this is perfectly doable. There is fat, there is room, there is opportunity for this kind of efficiency improvement. And if you scrutinize your pricing, by the way, you've got the opportunity to increase that even further. So when you're slow and steady and you're doing that one project a month, for example, then that's really how you use project layering to build up from that and increase your revenue. The other side of the coin is when you're in the juggle struggle, right? You've got loads of projects on the go at any one time. You can't see the wood from the trees. And the principles of project layering will support you to remedy that situation too in three fairly fundamental ways. It will help you to bring structure to how you plan your projects out and then manage your workflow. It will support you to build in structures and systems that make agency life a bit less of a juggle and more smooth flowing. And it will highlight a potential pricing discrepancy. And that's a key one. Because if you're having to work on more than three chunky projects at any one time, or reasonably substantial projects at any one time, to achieve your revenue goals, then it may be time to look at aligning your pricing to a more sustainable workflow model. And that's where project layering comes in. So like I said, check out the show notes for the visual stimulus to illustrate the principles of project layering. It is a bit of a visual thing. So unfortunately, podcasts aren't visual, but I can talk through it. But I encourage you to go and have a look at that too, because it will bring some of this to life. And if you do want to know more about project layering and apply and learn about all of the systems, the automations and the practices in your business to get it working, working for you, then jump on the guest list for the next round of Creative Value Incubator. You can do that at beckhuse.com forward slash incubator. Because if you do the work and you're able to increase your revenue by even 30%, not even the 60% I was talking about, or double it, then you will have paid for that program several times over. 
And look, Creative Value Incubator, that's my group program for designers, isn't just about project layering. It's about much, much more. We go deep and we craft your creative solutions, your pricing, how you scale and build your presence and your profile as a designer, and how to create the mindset to achieve what you want. Because you need the headspace and the mindset to make all of this happen. And mate, you get to work with me in a group setting for 12 months. What could be better? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's going to put you off. So look, go and check out Creative Value Incubator and also go and check out some of that additional information that I've put in the show notes about project layering. I would love to know what you think. I would love to know if you are in that slow and steady scenario at the moment or if you're doing the juggle struggle or if maybe you feel you've hit the sweet spot because 20% of my design community have or said they had. So let me know. So that's it for today. I hope you found the idea of project layering interesting. I hope it gave you some inspiration for maybe how you could work in your business. And last but not least, have an amazing day. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you again for being here with me on the C-Web podcast. And I can't wait to chat to you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C-Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.